Toby, how we doing? Welcome doing back to uh, Judging Bouncing Balls. Yeah, I took some time off, recoup, do some research, you know, all the above. All the above. That's right. That's right. How, how, were the, how were the holidays for you? Fill me in on all your uh, extensive travels. Oh, they were amazing. Um, two months of uh, setting up a trip to New York with the family. And uh, nice. we were leaving on the 26th. So the day after Christmas, we spent Christmas Day getting the house ready and packing. And I loaded the car the night before. And at 3.30 in the morning, I, you know, I got outside, made sure everything was good, started the car, had a nice hot cup of coffee in the cup holder, and my uh, oldest is a type 1 diabetic. Came down and uh, informed me she lost her uh, insulin pump, her medical device that keeps her alive. So, <laughs> not good. Yeah. So, we started uh, tearing things apart. And from four to five, I searched the car, the house, her bedroom. And then at five, I made her drive over to her friend's house where she was the night before and bang on the door and tried to get in. and they searched the room and nothing. And then we came back home and I dug through every garbage can we had for another three hours and then waited for the bowling alley to open up. Went there, searched everything there and um, canceled the trip at noon. Ooh. Yeah. So I spent the rest of the day calling hotels and telling them my situation. Most of them pretty good. Um, but I had booked a kind of an extensive sightseeing thing in New York that uh, they gave me 365 days to use. <laughs> so so we're, well, we're trying to get back. back. Yeah. So wow, we're going to try to get back. You hadn't told me any of this, so I thought maybe you got affected by the – I just had heard it had not gone well. I thought maybe you got affected by the Southwest thing. Yeah, that would have been a lot better. Um better story, but uh no, we uh we were driving and it ended up it ended up being like 50 degrees in New York on like Thursday. So it would have been beautiful. You know, we had everything lined up. I've been researching how to how to ride a subway, how to not die in a subway. I was ready. Important. Uh yeah. So now we heard some stories that it's really busy that time of year, but uh, just a little consolation prize at the end because trying to make us feel better. But overall, yeah, it was uh, it was not a good situation here on the twenty sixth. The uh, the Christmas spirit had left the house. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you end up ever finding the pump? We did. So the next morning, uh, my daughter's friend sent her a picture. She's like, "Is this it?" It was. It fell in between her mattress and her bed frame. Oh my gosh. Like everywhere we didn't look, like probably one place. I mean, I, I tore everything, even the pantry. I'm like, maybe she was in the pantry. Maybe she got cereal, and I went through everything. Oh, uh, that's horrible. I'm sorry. Well, I'm glad you found it at least, um, and at least maybe you could do the trip a little bit later. But that's super frustrating. Yeah, and then it turns <laughs> into a week of now what? So I went back to work. Um, Jackie was home with both of them. And well, Allie, the one that misplaced her pump, she ended up working like 40 hours just to get out of the house because she's like, I'm going to get killed here. So by, I would say by Tuesday night, I, I mean, I was, it is what it is. Um, then my wife got over it probably Tuesday and then Macy probably got over it. Well, she'll get over it one day. Uh, just, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't laugh. No. 
it's all we can do right now. But at the end of the day, it's over with. We'll regroup. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Like I said, it would have been fun. Have you ever been in New York for the uh, the ball drop or anything like that? I have not. I've never. It's one of the few places I've never been to. I've been all over this country and kind of this world, but I've never been to New York. And Jackie had, so that was kind of why we picked it. Because it was kind gotcha. of new for all of us. Um, but we were going to stay Monday night in uh, State College, Pennsylvania, and go see Happy Valley and kind of bum mm-hmm. around the campus and see Penn State. Because when would we get back there? But uh, I think me and my wife decided to go on some uh, adults-only trips, uh, maybe leave the kids behind a couple times. Not like well, good for you. Only, but not those places. At least not that I know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Be great. I mean, I'm not saying no. I'm just saying I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just and, saying. And, I, and I'm, I see uh, you've got a little new equipment. If you're on us with the video, you can see Toby's rocking some new new mic equipment. I like it. I did. The uh, Santa Claus took very good care of me with the new mic. It's got colors. Hello. Uh, I don't know what they mean. Um, and then some, uh, some wireless. I took a lot of, a lot of crap for having an old school wireless or wire headphones. And, uh, I really didn't think I would, but, uh, so, uh, Santa, I, I did talk to him and he, uh, he did take care of me. I was very happy. I like the microphone though, but I got to get a boom, something that yeah. hangs right here. I agree. I, I, someday I'll hopefully get that as well, but, uh, I do not have a mic. I, I, uh, I don't think that the wire, wired ones were bad, though. I, I don't know. I always thought your audio was pretty good. Last week, I think I screwed it up a little bit, so our audios were not great. And I shouldn't say last week, last episode. So apologies to all those that uh, had that. I, I noticed it after we did it, but there wasn't much I could do to correct it. I'm not smart enough to figure out how to balance audios. So I'm I'm sure that there's a way to do it, but I'm not smart enough to do that yet. So apologies for the audio quality, but... Uh, hopefully, hey, this will I, be a I, bit I, I'm just happy people are listening to complain. You know, <laughs> it's true. Uh, and they're not complaining. I mean, we have we have one dedicated follower that will be on our show soon. Hopefully, that just he just he's just calling a spade a spade, letting us know. That's right. That's right. No, and it's a good thing. Honestly, as feedback is a good thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm glad that they're listening as well. So. Yeah, if there's, uh, you know, if you have some easy way to fix this, let us know. But we're still working through a couple of hiccups here with the with who we use to record at Riverside. Um, it's it's a great service. It's just there's still some things I'm learning with it. So just be patient as we learn uh, and work through those kinks. It's delayed our episode a couple times too, so we'll see. But well, let's be honest. We need a sponsor. We need some cold hard <laughs> coin coming in, and we can upgrade our system. That's right. Like, we got stuff to pay for. We got kids, man. Yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would studio. be great. Somewhere in between. Maybe oh, like there you go. Alpaca. A lot of That's good things water, in Alpaca. Yeah. Water. There's a water park in Alpaca, isn't there? Is there? I don't know. Maybe. It has a hotel. Well, it's got a pool. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's a quick trip. <laughs> now, let's get back to this grievification because you went 
to the happiest place on earth. <laughs> so, I'm, not, I'm not talking Amherst. I'm talking Disney. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the, the wife and the fam, uh, all six of us piled into the, the magical sleigh called the Honda Odyssey, a 2008 Honda Odyssey. And we, we put uh, about 3,500 miles on that bad boy all the way down to the, to the, the most, what is it? The, the, the most magical place on earth. And I, I thought about making a sign or a t-shirt that crosses out magical and puts expensive place on earth. Because if you've never been, it can get a little uh, expensive at times. Uh, but yes, we did go down to Disney. We spent eight days on the complex. There are four parks that we went to. So we went to each park two times uh, because if you've never been there, it kind of takes that amount of time to be able to actually experience almost all the rides or all the events that they have because there's so many people there. There's no way you can get it done all at once. Um, and I, I mused to my wife at one point that Disney could be surmised in a very short line of thinking, and that is spending hours in lines to experience a few moments of bliss. And that's basically Disney in a nutshell. But uh, the kids loved it. It was good. My oldest, uh, I'm starting to see that he he probably is getting to past the point of like the kids, the rides I think are really geared towards like 12 and under, maybe 14 and under. Uh, he's 16. And so they were, he was starting to kind of be like a little more open and I'm realistic about <laughs> some of the things that Disney does. Um, but you know, overall, there's some, a lot of really good things there. There's some fun rides. The kids had a good time. Um, and we didn't kill each other on the way back, which is, or that we're down, which is good. So we spent literally, literally 48 hours in a van together. Did you drive straight? Pretty much. I mean, we drove, uh, like, what did we drive? Uh, 12 straight hours. Then we slept for like three and a half to four and then we drove the rest and that was kind of the same way on the way back did you let isaac take the wheel we were gonna and we did not he actually just got his license in december and it just didn't work out because every time i tried i talked about it sarah was like nah i don't think we should because either traffic or weather and she's like he's just learning how and i'm like whatever that's fine and and in full transparency and honesty i'm kind of a control freak and so i just kind of do it oh i, mean, I was gonna drive the whole way to new york there's yeah yeah i mean i mean i'm, I'm i am i'm a control freak I, and I my wife is a good driver there's no problem with the way she drives except for when she drives the few she drove four hours out of the whole time that we were in the vehicle so out of the you know 20 or the 40 some hours that we drove or 48 she drove four of them and I, I tried to sleep a little bit, but I just, she tends to drive a little slower than I do. So I'm always like, well, man, if I was driving, we'd be going five miles an hour faster, which means if over, you know, five hours, that's 25 extra miles. That's like half hours shorter in the car. So I'm like doing the math. I'm like, so I, I just, I'm a little weird uh, in that regard, but yeah, it was quite the trip. That's the uh, third time we've done it with the kids. So good time. You've done Disney three times. Oh yeah, God, you are magical. And then you did you did Maine last year. Yeah, we did Maine. That was a yeah. You know that was another twenty four hours there and twenty four back. Um, Maine's more my kind of trip. I mean, a little more low key 
uh, definitely not as expensive either. Uh, and it's got some majesty in it. And if you've never been to Maine, it's beautiful. Got to go to Maine. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be standing in line at the pearly gates and I'm going to be there a while, but they're going to walk you past me and they're going to be like, you go right in there because you deserve it. <laughs> I will I be waiting for most. <laughs> I'm just going to wave. Maybe you'll wave back. Maybe not. It's okay. Oh, oh we'll wave. You deserve yeah. it. I'll tell you what, though. I actually, I don't mind a road trip. Here, I'll tell you the road trips we've done. We've driven to Maine. We've driven to Florida. Not always to Disney, but we've driven to Florida in that van three times. Because once we went down to the Panhandle, we've driven to Yellowstone Glacier, Colorado. I mean, we've probably put a good 60,000 miles just in trips in that car. I mean, we're talking 20, 24-hour drives each way. The Honda Odyssey. It's the thing is, uh, it's a it's a magical sleigh. <laughs> That's fantastic. Cause I've driven. I don't mind driving, but I we've never done that as a family. No way. Yeah, it's it's fun. The most the most impressed one that I ever had with our kids though was we had four kids, and when we did the Dis- uh, not Disney, we did a Florida trip, and nobody had technology. To me, that was fairly impressive because. It was old school. It was the license plate game. It was bar- barnyard golf. It was whatever to keep you just staring at a window, reading a book. It was, there was no, and they were, you know, only at the time, I think they were, you know, what would they have been? Like 11, 12, you know, five and three or whatever. So they were pretty young uh, for the most part. But uh, that to me, that was wow. the most impressive. This one, they actually had some stuff that, to keep them occupied, which I don't know if it's good or bad. But they did. Do your older daughter have a phone now? Um, she has a a phone that doesn't have any connection, <laughs> so she can use it for like. So it works on Wi-Fi. It works on Wi-Fi, yeah. Okay, because Macy said she's like, I think Amelia got a phone. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah. No, she's it still has no cellular, so she can use it in the house, but. Doesn't and she can use like download music onto it, so she can use it that way. But she doesn't have full perfect usage. Yeah, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah, it's an old. That's an old one. So yeah, it works. Nice. So anyways, hey, that's that's it. what we did over the trip, and we literally got back in yesterday. First day of work back today, which was exciting. Always good. You got back yesterday. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You are. You, you're a sweetheart. What do they say in Christmas vacation? You. <laughs> when he says he's putting in the pool. He's. What are you? You're. You're the last American hero. Or the oh, <laughs> the uh, father or something. Yes. 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 Yeah, that's me. That bonus doesn't come soon. Yeah. I'm gonna be out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, I can't remember exactly what he says, but yeah, that's that's the line I'm thinking of. So, yeah, yeah. so it was good. Well, you know, there's been a lot of going on. Not too much on our youth sports, right? I mean, there's hockey and things, but there's been right. plenty, plenty of news on some, you know, on different things. And been thinking all break because I've had time um, sitting in my driveway. Um, but some of the things that you see now, and and the, we won't really touch on the injury that happened in the NFL, but just my thought was the injuries 
that we're seeing in youth sports and what's the cause and kind of break down that a little bit. So I just kind of, you know, I kind of thought of some many a topics on where we're at, but um, more seen now on the artificial turf versus grass. I guess that's a big one because we run into it now yeah. for our daughters and uh, playing soccer. And there's a huge difference that you can see on their knees and their ankles, even when they get done with a game at night. Mm-hmm. And uh, doing some research, it does look like – and it's, it's getting – like we had talked before we we started that, that the discrepancy is getting smaller, but it's still quite a, a comparison – from that hard turf versus grass. Yeah. And I, I think you, that's a really good summary of it because when you look at um, the data overall, you look early on, they, you know, they talk about that there was, I think, I think I read somewhere there was like four different generations of, um, of artificial turf. You know, we, you have the stuff that you and I started on the AstroTurf, which is basically just like fuzzy concrete. You know, that was the, the most early side of it. Um, and, and that kind of hung around until, basically the 2000s and then you get you know generation three which is kind of the you know what we think of with the rubber pellets it's got the you know long plastic fibers on the inside um, and then that's um, typically a little bit more like grass and it acts a little bit more like grass and then you get the next generation actually five generations which was you know in the 2010s where it becomes a little more the synthetic uh, grass becomes a little bit less abrasive and you still have the rubber pellets um, and then they're now moving into this generation four, which again, the gen, what usually ends up happening is that it, it develops either more cushioning, uh, and more grass like feel to it. Uh, when you play on it, the, the better it gets, but yeah, there's been a really wide variety of turf. Um, and no matter how good they've made it, uh, you know, one of the things that we, I think we both agreed on was it it generally causes the players to have a longer recovery time, regardless of whichever, you know, whatever type of, 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 of artificial turf it is. Right. And if you go back to the first one, because I know at, when I went to Northern Michigan in the, the Superior Dome, largest wooden dome in the world, don't let anybody tell you differently. Um, I mean, you fell down and it was just rug burn. Oh, yeah. Um, and there was no give. No, now no. I'll be honest. I wasn't fast enough to tear anything, but I'm sure I was shifty enough. But I don't even know what that means. No, I wasn't fast enough. But <laughs> if you did fall, man, you paid the price. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I only played on astroturf, astro astroturf. Probably the gen the generation two stuff. I remember I was at UW Stout. And I played on that stuff, and I I slid for a ball, and this was just in pre-game warm-ups. No, maybe it wasn't a game in the game. I can't remember. Anyways, I went down, and my my shin slid on the on the turf, and I swear to God that 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 uh, wound lasted for probably two and a half weeks. I mean, it was just brutal, and it just oozed, and it was just awful. It was horrible. Um, yeah, it was not good. I, I did not like that at all. No, and it took for in and, and, and I think I might have lost Toby there for a second. Turf. But yeah, it's um definitely was not uh, an ideal turf 
Uh, I then had the, the joy of being able to play on some of the next generation turfs, uh, you know, in the early 2000s uh, when I played semi-pro and I, I was able to play on those turfs and they were, they were much more forgiving. You know, they did have more of a grass-like feel, a little bit more cushion, a little more bounce. They still played really fast. You know, that was one of the things that people really liked about artificial turf of the, uh, the early variety. Uh, but the, uh, the, the later generations still played fast, but they definitely had more give and they did not give you that rug burn like you had uh, from the earlier stuff. That's one thing that I, I definitely noticed. Um, yeah, I got to go. There we go. Um, I don't know what's going on. All of a sudden we've been on. No, you're but, fine. Uh, I one thing through it. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Um, you know, I went down to the rest center. They have the Green Bay Blizzard indoor football team mm-hmm. and, like there was parts where you could even see the seams were bad, like yeah. coming apart. And I think like turf is so expensive. Um, but I don't even know how you'd want to play on any of that stuff. You know, nowadays, like I've been on Lambo, um, had opportunity to go on. Yeah. I, I don't know why, you'd, how are you want to play on that either? I mean, it would be, it would not be great. It would not right. be great uh, playing on that. And just to end a career um, in a hurry. So, yeah, so that's definitely one of the things that um, we wanted to touch base on. Uh, and that's, you know, it's just some of the statistics when we were looking at this that you'd want to be aware of. You, we, we did mention that it actually is improving as you are, as, as we got into more recent data. Like the more recent the data, the more similar the injuries were from grass to turf. Turf was still a higher incident rate of injury. Um, but the NFL, when they recently studied it, uh, the, like the most recent data was there was an incident rate of 0.41 uh, for grass and it was 0.42 for turf, which is a really nice, um, um, uh, a, a nice downtrend for turf injuries uh, compared to um, compared to grass. But if you go back a little bit further, the incident rate for um for turf fields was much, much higher than it was on grass. And so you saw recently, even in the season, you saw a number of players in the NFL talk about how they really wanted to see an increase of grass fields because they, they feel that it's uh, a much lower incident rate. So, you know, that's the NFL's perspective. They, they, <clears throat> the players are actually pushing for a turf or I'm sorry, a grass field because they're talking about, you know, like statistics like this one where, Athletes had a 56% higher knee, ankle, and foot uh, rate of injury uh, on synthetic turf, rather and a, and a 67% higher injury rate resulting in eight days or more missed. So you look at that, and that's why you say guys, big players like Cooper Cup, um, uh, you know, and there was a Packer player, uh, Devontae Campbell, that actually came out when Rashawn Gary got hurt, basically saying, you know, if this if we didn't play on grass or turf, this, these injuries wouldn't have happened. And they're also talking about the recovery times, even if they don't get hurt, are much longer when they play on turf. Uh, and I actually read an article by J.C. Treader, who is the head of the NFLPA, former Packer as well, but he's also the head of the NFLPA. And he basically talked about how when he played on turf and players around the NFL talked about this, that they their recovery time was much longer. They, they, they just had more body aches. They had more muscle aches, joint aches. Whereas if they played on grass, they, their recovery time was much quicker. So, um, you know, it's 
it, it, the overwhelming theme, at least from the NFL, uh, when we're looking at this, is people really like to play on, on grass rather than, than turf. And the last thing I'll add on that is when you compare that to the, the FIFA, which is the highest level of soccer, they basically don't even allow uh, turf fields almost exclusively. They play on uh, on um, on grass fields. So, you know, from that perspective, I think there's a lot of even though the, the incident rates of, of injuries are are coming back in line, players are still wanting to play on on grass. So. You know that's kind of kind of what what we were finding from that. Um, so while Toby kind of fixes his uh, his uh, his audio stream here or his his uh, connection, one of the things that um, that like I said that just kind of reiterate the point is the more recent the turf, probably the better it is. But one of the questions that I kind of had. And I would I would have to ask a professional on this. I do know someone in the industry. I'll have to pick their brain on. Is that generally speaking, uh, with the advances in turf, one of the things I was curious about is, has it gotten better for everyone, or has it just gotten better for the highest tier of of professional franchises? Because obviously they they can afford the best, the most innovative turf or equipment. You know, does that does that carry down to your local high school does it carry down to your local club um, or are they are they dealing with um, turf that is subpar or not as high of quality and that's one of the questions that i would have because you know one of the things that toby and i have definitely noticed is that um with uh, with the turf the girls playing on turf and playing on grass just our kids we notice a difference between our athletes in that they 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 definitely recover for longer. Uh, they have more joint pain, hip uh, hip pain, knee pain, ankle pain. It's just higher when you're on that uh, that turf field, uh, and when when they play on those fields, you definitely notice a difference. Not to not to even talk about how the ball bounces differently or how um, things interact differently. It they just they just generally are more sore um, on those on those artificial turfs. So that is a problem, right? And that's that's something that. Um, that is, that is a real issue is just the recovery time. Take, don't even take into how the ball bounces on the turf. Um, the recovery times for youth athletes is definitely less. And told me what I was, you know, you had to jump off for a second. What I was just kind of pondering is, you know, obviously we saw a reduction in injuries at the professional level. What I'm curious about is are the turfs that the professionals use the same kind of turf that our lower level high schools clubs are playing on. And I, I have to believe they probably are not because if you're a professional league, you're probably getting the best, the most innovative equipment. You know, the, the things that our, our kids are playing on is probably at a much lower um, quality rate and maybe at a higher injury rate. Just theorizing. I don't know the answer to that one. That's just, that's just what I'm wondering. Well, I know Lambo. Uh, Cause I've been on, had a chance to be on Lambo um, before a game and walk around. And I think it's half real, half synthetic. So they've woven like almost a real glass cause they use glowing lights to grow it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think in that case, yes, I think the pros are playing on, on and it holds up better in winter. So you don't, you know, that's where I think that the fakeness comes or the fake synthetic comes in to, give the plane service where it used to be just brown from the numbers all the way down 
hundred yards. And I, and I think, you know, I, we've talked about it in our soccer club, uh, uh, a turf field. And I want to say it's seven figures. I want to say it's like a million dollars or something or $2 million for two, um, turf fields. And I know, um, you know, we've played in different indoor and our, our club players choice down Appleton, you can actually wear cleats. So I think, you know, I don't know the thickness based on, on the better, but I know when, when they're able to wear cleats, there seems to be a lot more uh, forgiveness on them. And it doesn't seem to be the, that, that hard pounding on your knees, mm-hmm. like, uh, like a football field, you know, yeah. um, they've gotten better, but I, I, I don't think the money is being spent, you know, on a field that, that, that can resemble a professional football stadium. Yeah, and just seeing, uh, you know, like the field that we just put in locally versus, you know, the field that's at Players' Choice, there's definitely a difference in quality in the turf. I mean, and and I don't know if that's just because it's not as new or if, you know, there's, you know, if they have cheaper options that they offer to different, you know, clubs or communities or or whatever it might be. Um, I would venture it's probably just the newness of it. Um, But, yeah, I... I have to believe that our kids are playing on probably not as technologically advanced or safe fields as probably the professionals are. I mean, just, just going strictly off money. Yeah. I think the, you know, half of our indoor field was getting upwards of almost six figures. I mean, it was yeah. 80, $90,000 by the time you put it together and then the amount, but I think you know, these are still those rubber pellets where the newest fields, I don't even know if they use rubber pellets anymore. Well, it's funny you bring that up because one of the articles I was looking at, um, they were, uh, there's this new surface called a B1K surface from Shaw Sports. And what they actually use because they, and I'll get back to why they, they switched over, but they actually switched over from not using rubber pellets to using a coconut byproduct. It's like coconut and sand. Um, and it's in, it replaces the rubber pellets and they use that in between. And the reason that they went away from the rubber pellets is, um, there's been some question about how health, uh, conscious it is to have rubber pellets because they also release chemicals and other issues that uh, are, that, that are there for the players and the players might be absorbing some of that. I, I guess there's actually been some, um, some correlative studies. They don't know if it's directly linked of, you know, goalies that played a lot uh, in soccer on artificial turf actually developing like rare forms of blood cancer. Like it uh, kind of cropped up with, with those players. And so there was questions about whether or not that was from potentially some of the chemicals. Now, I'm not saying that there is or isn't because I don't have the proof to back that up. I'm just relaying that there was questions about maybe that's, you know, some correlation of the, the chemicals that are in the rubber pellets. You're, you're rubbing that on your skin when you fall down. You're ingesting it potentially you know, there's, there could be things that you're getting little, little micro um, pieces of that in your, in your bloodstream. And so that might not be very advantageous. So they've moved to some of these more organic type uh, types of, of, uh, of solutions instead of the rubber pellets. Is that what you were referring to? Yeah. Yeah. Cause remember you get them in your eyes yeah. and you would, I mean, they'd be constantly stopping the game to, to brush you'd find them in places if you ever played on it where it's like they come home with you i mean yeah. i forget how many tons they put on that that half that soccer field but it was a lot oh yeah it is literally tons 
of rubber pellets. I mean, you see the bags, they are, um, they're probably six feet in circumference, like total around. And they're, yeah. they're like 10 feet tall and there's like a hundred of them. I mean, they're, there's tons and tons of, of rubber pellets that get put onto a brand new field. But coconut's interesting. Yeah, isn't that something? It's kind of a brown. It was a uh, white. Yeah, it, it looks kind of like dirt. Kind of interesting. And apparently, they claim again. They claim that the ball bounces more naturally off of it. It doesn't come off as as hot, uh, and it bounces at a more natural angle because it's more like dirt. Um, which you know is interesting. Do you just do you smell better? Do you smell like ladies lying in the sun? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hey, oh, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. It's like, and were you? That's a the, good widespread panic song. Were you at the beach today? No, I was playing a soccer game. <laughs> I'm working hard, <laughs> but that's interesting. What they find out with society and what they can do use, and I mean, 15 years ago, nobody had ever thought of no. a coconut byproduct. Yeah. Well, I'm- just put rubber in the chemicals; they'll be fine. Yeah, and 20 years ago, we would have never thought, hey, let's grind up tires and put it. <laughs> it's like, you know, right. I mean. Well, we needed to do something with the tires. Exactly. So it's just interesting. But there's a definitely a progression. And, you know, while you were having some connection difficulties there, I, I reiterated that point of it. The, the injuries are definitely reducing. I mean, I think there's been an awareness that, you know, if you've ever played on natural grass versus artificial my cleats would always grab harder in turf. I mean, it, they would stick longer. You'd make a cut. You could feel it grab, which was great. As a player that wanted to be shifty, it was awesome. But you also noticed that, you know, if you made a mistake, you kind of paid for it because your foot didn't just give out. Uh, if you got outside the framework of your body too much or if you didn't plant correctly, you paid for it, that mistake as well. But if you were... Uh, sound in your movement, you had some benefits of that too. I mean, there was, there was good and bad. Yeah. It was interesting because we went to watch a girls uh, varsity soccer game last year. And after the game, most of the girls went over and put ice packs on their shins and you could see the toll. And I heard hips are really bad. Like for girls sports, that hips are becoming a a really big problem. And you just wonder now the benefit of the turf, it's cheaper. Once you get it in, it's cheaper to maintain. It heats up faster. So where we live, you don't have to deal with the snow. Um, So you can play longer. Um, And it's a multi-versatile piece of turf, right? Because everybody's got a football stadium now. And then they play play soccer Mm -hmm. on it. Um, They play uh, lacrosse on it. So they they can hold up. So you're not – I mean, back in the old days, by the end of football season, it was tore up in mud. Correct. And they were doing what Green Bay and used to do, and they'd paint green on it. <laughs> just spray paint green and make it look satisfying. <laughs> right. You know, it's interesting you mentioned the heat. That was the one other thing that I found in just researching this as well, is that um, that's actually a concern that they have because when you looked at – when they studied the heat of – artificial stadiums and the artificial turf, they often found that the, the turf, you know, on a hot day, let's say it was like a 90 degree day, you would end up having turf um, 
temperatures that ranged anywhere from 140 to 170 degrees, right? So the turf was like baking. But in that same heat, the grass was 85 degrees and really didn't vary. So you had this, that one of the things that they were talking about is, you know, is, is that causing a problem when you have that much heat radiating off your, you know, onto your legs? You know, I don't know if that's natural or if that's going to be good for your body to be in that kind of heat. And then it also leads to fatigue. It leads to cramping. It leads to, you know, other byproduct injuries uh, from, from turf. So just something else to consider. They didn't really find a correlation with other types of injuries, but they just noted that that is a pretty substantial difference in heat between one surface versus the other. Yeah. Cause you read every off or every summer when they start two days that there's a number of football players that die, whether they're on the high school level or through mm-hmm. college. But you wonder if that correlates that they, they, cause it, we've played, I've taken Macy to Indianapolis to play on the turf in the summer yeah. with ODP as you were there. And it was, they said that almost the cleats were melting. Yeah. I mean, the plastic and it's like, like, it's great. You're playing on turf and you can play a lot of it. But at some point, if you're, if your cleats are literally melting. Yeah. Probably not great. It just can't be yeah, good. Probably not. <laughs> probably no. not ideal. So I don't know what's better, 130 degree or this last tournament was 20, you know, there's, yeah. but then again, that turf became rock hard. We lost a couple of players in Rockford. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had one that fell, break a wrist. I mean, it wasn't a, a egregious fall, but she stopped herself and it was like landing on concrete. Yeah. And that's the same with my daughter. When she broke her wrist, it was on artificial turf. Um Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I totally understand where clubs and where high schools and, sports teams, why they use it, because to your point, the maintenance is so much less. I mean, it is drastically less maintenance. And so that's where they make their money up. Plus they get to use it more and more than they can on a, on a grass field. So I understand it. Um, but I can tell you as a player, I loved, uh, I loved real grass. I liked turf for certain things. Um, but I really loved grass. I mean, there's just something about the smell. There's something about the way it gives. I don't know. It's I. It would. I. I really like it. And it's so funny. We play on turf here for our team. But the the one game that everybody was all excited about this year as for our football team was the one game we played on grass. They were like, "Oh, it's real grass. It smells awesome. It's like such a cool feel. It's like old school. Like everybody was excited about grass." Um, so I. I don't know. I. I I just, I almost wonder if there's going to be a movement to go back to grass, even though it's got its shortcomings. Um, and maybe we'll learn that it's, it, I don't know, or maybe it's just going to become so much better artificially that people won't care and that it's going to be equal. But I don't know. I, 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 from I knowing my body, I'm telling you, and I, people I talk to, it takes, it's a wear and tear. And you see our kids, it's a wear and tear on their body when they're on this artificial turf. Yeah, I think it's going to get so integrated, so real-like that I don't know if they'll ever go back to grass. I think they'll, they'll just spend the money and it'll keep getting better. You look at Arizona Cardinals where they pull their, their turf out outside to grow yeah. it, and then they pull it back in the stadium. I mean, if you can get away with that, and I think that's that half fake, half mm-hmm. real, and I think turf will continue to get better like everything yeah. else. Um but you wonder now, 
and to, to switch gears a little bit, equipment, like look at cleats, right? When we played, you had one pair of cleats, everything was probably a half inch, yeah. maybe. You know, and then you wore them, you wore them, you literally walked to soccer practice or baseball practice. You wore them the whole way and they wore down to a quarter inch and you weren't getting new cleats. I mean, let's be honest. Our parents weren't going to buy us multiple pairs of cleats. They could care less. Right. And I think that really hurt my ability to play higher level because, you know, I would have stolen more bases. Sure. sure. I mean, it obviously kept you out of the majors. I think. Obviously, because when I walked, I kind of dragged my feet, and uh, it really wore down my cleats. So when I was coming off of first base and I had my my six-inch to eight-inch lead because I didn't want to get picked off, I, I just didn't have the goal power. It had nothing to do with your physical sad. stature or with your athletic ability. It was strictly <laughs> right. your cleat. I was a top-end runner. What I mean by that is it took me a while to get to the top end, but once I was there, it was like a choo-choo train. That should have been a good name. They were just, they were just giving you this on the third base once you got to top end. Just go. Yeah. Usually when I hit first base, the third base started waving. Let's go. Okay. That's good to know. I can envision it now. But but nowadays you have screwing cleats for some yep. things, right? Yep. I mean, you can – if you're not catching it, you can screw in an inch. You can screw in a half inch. You watch the, the pros have – kangaroo skin or whatever they have now soft as i mean these these high-end cleats and i didn't know this but adidas has like four different levels so if you're getting the elite or the professional uh somebody explained this to me once it's it's the leather and it's actually gets better so the top line shoes now they're expensive but they are a softer leather it's like running on a cloud hmm. so again money kind of takes over um, but it's pretty interesting when you really start to dive into cleats, what they offer. Interesting. They're not just one size fits. All. I had not heard about those. I mean, I knew about some of the certain types of cleats that were a little different, but I'd not heard about that softer leather. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. And I forget, I think it's the elite, <laughs> um, uh, I've, whatever the level that I bought last, whatever okay. that was, because Got to send them all to it the best, right? Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I remember I bought Amelia um, uh, uh, soccer cleats last year, and I was just amazed at how fast they fell apart. I mean, I don't know if it's just because of the amount of, like, she's using them more than she has in the past for this team. But, man, they I, they just they did not have the same quality, um, I felt like, that they have in the past. But So that was a little disappointing, but I'll have to, I'll have to look into some of these other maybe higher um, – to see if there's a little bit better quality for durability. They all fall apart. They're designed for, I think, one year. Yeah. It's terrible. They're not I good. Because, you know, as they get going, their feet stop growing. But they're still needing cleats every year because they still blow them out or whatever. Yeah, you're right. The stitch, I don't know what's yeah. bad about them. Everything. My refrigerator lasts about two years less now. Piece of junk. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, no, I mean, when you talk about equipment, you are exactly correct. I mean, I, I just think about, you know, obviously we had different types of equipment when we were younger. But I, just some of the things that I've seen, just a couple examples equipment-wise, you look at you know, the one that I used the most was I was a receiver. So receiver's gloves. 
it's funny. I pulled out my old receiver's gloves from college because I still had them. And obviously they degraded, um, but they were Newman's at the time. Well, I don't even know if they still make gloves, but they, they were basically leather. I mean, for the most part, they had a little bit of tack on the, on the hands, uh, but they were basically level, what we would consider like a lineman glove now. And that's what we use as a receiver. And I almost felt like when I started playing college football that they almost hurt my development a little bit. I actually took them off my end of my midway through my freshman year and just used bare, you know, regular bare hands, uh, old school style. Uh, and I felt like that actually helped my development. But then I moved into uh, newer, uh, you know, a newer glove at the time. And after I learned how to really become proficient in catching, then I felt like they accentuated a little bit. But I'll tell you what, if you bought uh, receivers gloves recently, I mean, when I played semi-pro, we used, uh, I actually still have those. I brought them down. They're called a cutter. Um, they're a really nice glove, but they're nothing compared to what they have today. I mean, the tack on the, the gloves today is unbelievable. And you see what these guys are wearing in the NFL or even in high school or college. Those, you know, now every in, in college or high school, I'm sorry, in professionals, they're buying gloves literally every game. They might actually change the gloves out during the quarters because they want to always get the, the tackiest, you know, that they can. But, man, those things are tacky. I, have you felt them recently? I have. I have. And you can understand how these guys are making these catches, right? Over the shoulder, one-handed, clapping down on yeah. the ball. I, and I'm not trying to take any, anything like away from paper. them. I mean, they're, they're obviously very, very talented guys. I, I'm not trying to say that they're not, but you can't tell me that some of these one-handed catches where you're up like this, you know, extended back or you're – you're over it's it's unreal or they're catching the ball like this and it's like that's not normal <laughs> it just it just no. doesn't happen no. and, and so some of it i think is definitely equipment and it's, it's definitely helping them yes you know and and even the um you know when you watch the world cup for those of you that watch the world cup if they took off their their jersey they wore a band that went around their shoulders yeah. around their chest and it had a chip in it. And then the, that chip tells them how fast they ran, how much they ran, like it, the biometrics of a soccer game. That's what those are for. And it's crazy. I thought they were bras. Yes. <laughs> At first, right? At first, you're like, well, that's odd. That, that is an interesting but Whatever. Each <laughs> own. I'm not judging. Um, no. <laughs> But it it the the yeah they then they download that and it tells them all. Let's be honest. I'm pretty sure this is what it's for. It could be a bro, a bro. But if you've seen Seinfeld, it's a bro, a bro. It could be. <laughs> yes, yes. But but it tells them every like you could. They have uh, where Macy trains. They wear these these things around their cleats that'll tell them their uh, touches, their left foot touch, their right foot touch, their speed, how long they ran, how fast they ran. Like it's all this. Download it on your phone app, and it's crazy what they can find out. Yeah, it is crazy. I, and, you know, that that would make sense. And I, I know NFL players must wear that as well because you got all these next-gen stats or whatever. They're telling you how fast they ran, what the probability of this catch is, uh, you know, everything. So they, I, I know there's a lot of, of uh, technology going in, not to mention the balls in the World Cup each had a chip in them, which tracks the ball speed, how fast it was kicked the angle, all these, and they can also do the VAR with the, with the chip in the ball. So 
I know there's a lot of technology entering into sport um, that has definitely changed um, not only football, but soccer, uh, you know, baseball, softball, all those, all those sports, hockey, a lot of, a lot of technology uh, that's different than when we were kids. Do you remember the chip in the puck for oh, yeah. the NHL? Where it got With the, the blue, blue and then blue it got fire red like when it was the, a fast shot. Right. Like at first, I'm like, this is awesome. And then it's like, wow, this is really <laughs> dumb. And they did get rid of it. It was only around for like a year or two. Right. But you wonder, like football, right? They, they question the, 95% of the game, the ref takes the ball and just sets it down. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's fine, right? You don't know. First, you don't know if you gained thirty one yard and one inch, and then for the final minute, it comes down to centimeters. Yeah. And I'm like, can't they put a chip in the ball and like figure this out? It's just this big. And then they go to replay, and you're like, I swear to God, like that was right. a touchdown. And then they're like, Nope, sorry. And you're like, What am I yeah. missing? Yeah, no, I, it seems like you'd be able to. I mean, I, I will give credit to soccer in that regard. It seems like they've really integrated technology with their sport in a way that has allowed to take out some of that controversy. Now, in the end, they still do have controversy because there's inevitably judgment calls. Um, but it, it seems like, especially when it comes to a goal, which we're talking about a touchdown, you know, I think that's where you could do, what you're talking about. You should be able to tell, did the ball touch the touched the line or did the did the goal ball go over the line right and so I, I, I it seems like you'd be able to do that and to your point I I would agree but you know if you're a purist you're saying man why you know let's that's not real football let's let's leave it up to you know the the referee you're taking them completely out of the game um yeah let's leave it up to the 75 year old guy running for six miles a day <laughs> hey he's got big guns though like, what Right. Well, but why? Why are all refs in the NFL like old dudes? That blows my mind too. They're getting better. They're I getting they, younger. It takes maybe it takes that long to become, or uh, maybe they're the only guys that have the time for it. I don't know. <laughs> Just retired guys that did something and like, yeah, why not? I'm in. Uh, I got a good friend that's actually uh, a guy I used to play with. He's in. He's a, he actually worked up to Division One refereeing now. So he is, uh, he might be really? on the cusp of the pros. That's funny because uh, New Year's Eve, I was at a friend's house talking to a gentleman who coaches, who refs high school football. And he was saying, yeah, they get graded. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know there was a level that you have to, you have to, like, he was level six. Now, I don't know if that's going up or down, but it sounded right. like you don't know if one is good or bad. And, yeah. Right. But he was saying that um, it's an antiquated system because the coaches Correct. grade you. You're always going to have one coach that's pissed off, right? I mean, like, yeah, it seems kind of like if you, if you called a, a call that screwed a team, if you screwed a team, that's, that's on you. But, you know, a holding call is very judgmental. And if you call a holding call at the wrong time, what is a coach can be like, hey, I know you called a bad holding call. I'm going to give you a B right. plus. No, he's going to be like, Shh, you're, you're, you're you trash. get a D. You're trash, right? So that was very odd to me. Now, it's, it's kind of neat that they get graded and they, they review all that, but I'm like, 
if you really want to breath in the state championship, you got to be pretty much clean slate. Then he said, there's a little bit of a good old boys club still. Yeah, I'm so sure there is as always, you know, it's, it, the, I don't know if our head coach for Spash ever, how many he turned in. I do know of one that we turned in as a complaint on a ref. We actually had a kid that got blindsided on an interception, a, a crackback block. The guy came back and blew him up. And <laughs> the ref threw a, fed, a, a flag on the kid that got blown up. <laughs> so not only did we throw an not only did we throw an interception, our guy got cleaned, but then he got a flag thrown on him and they got extra yards onto it. And we're like, he got lit up. How are you calling this? And apparently the ref said he's he's like, well, I saw saw him go down, and I he he thought that he like blindsided the other kid. So we actually did clip that and send it in for review because we're like, come on, you can't call a flag on that. That's ridiculous. Well, you can't call if you don't right. see it, right? I mean, you see a kid laying like, what, he 15 yards from right. getting in the way for standing in the wrong spot? So anyways, yeah, they do get graded. I don't know if that's if they only get graded on because not every game is recorded. I, I They may only get graded if somebody sends something in. That's what I don't know. So Okay. That's oh. interesting. Yeah, I, I don't have any inkling to be a ref. They will get more on that because we all know we've talked about this, but – I didn't know is that like I just saw it like like the World Series, you know, if you have a good year, yeah, go ahead. Step out on the old field and umpire. see what happens. Yeah. Uh and so yeah, back to the equipment thing. The other one that I noticed, uh just I, I only play bar league softball, which is like really high level, um, you know, for the old guys. But one of the things I did notice in there too that I mentioned to you was the uh, bats are unbelievable. If you want to buy a home run, you can kind of do it. You can spend five, $600 on a bat now. And these things are like, I don't even know what's in them, but they're, they're kind of almost soft to the touch. And not really, I mean, you, but they, they, they definitely, when you hit the ball, the bat actually kind of like indents and then it explodes and the ball, you get a lot of distance on them. If you know how to swing a bat, you can definitely add some solid distance onto your hits um, and the ball explodes off at a much higher velocity. So they're kind of dangerous. We have actually seen in our, even our softball league guys are starting pitchers are starting to wear masks and equipment because they're kind of at a danger because these balls are exploding off the bat. I've never bought one of those bats. I have used them occasionally if somebody brings them, if they'll let us, but I mean, those bats are definitely different. When you talk about equipment, when we were kids, would I had a steel bat or a wood bat? That's all I had. I didn't. I didn't have anything. I don't know what you had, but we didn't have these, you know, composite bats that were amazing. No, there was a bat bag given to you by the city, and it had like four Eastons yeah. in it, and like four or three of them were dented. Yes, of course. But no, actually, I did some research that Demarini is like the, the. It's like double lined. Okay. So you're right. There's a hard core and then there's oh, a soft core. Oh, yeah, you're core. right. When I coached baseball, yeah. So when I coached baseball this past fall for kids that were 10, 11, and 12, they had bats in their bag they couldn't use. They had them for tournaments, and that was a problem. There were two – I think the exit velocity or whatever was was too high, so they were, they were hitting the ball too far. So they actually had to go back to an older bat. So they had to go buy more bats, and it was crazy. They each had a bag with two yeah. bats. And then they had cleats and helmets. I, the, 
they all have their own helmet now. And I get it. There's lice and it's always one kid with right, lice, right? right? But he's fine. But we didn't have that. Like we didn't no. like you didn't every kid's got a specially fitted helmet. I swear we didn't even wear it's, helmets. It's just, I remember playing baseball as a kid. We didn't have helmets. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> That's why we had five kids. Nobody threw hard enough, but I had a, I had three kids on our team with first baseman wow. spits. I didn't get a first baseman spit until I was a senior, and I played first base. <laughs> so uh, kids like I'm like, all right, why don't you go play first for a little bit, batting practice? He's like, all right, I got to get my glove. I'm like, what glove? He's like, I got a first baseman's mitt. I'm like, you just had a catcher's mitt. He's like, I play catcher. So he had wow. all the gear in his bag. His bag was like this. It's hard to see, but it, was, it would have stuck out on your back, six inches on each side, from the bottom of your bed to the top of your shoulders. It had two bats. He had his shin guards hanging off. I Now, God bless him. Parents want to buy it. That's awesome. But kid couldn't swing a bat for nothing. But he had all the equipment. Everything. 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 Helmet was dialed in. Um and he just wow. And then the then there's a kid on the end of the bench who's got a glove, right? Showed up in tennies. Huh. Yeah. And, and that's and that's where you talk about the money bring coming into youth sports. That definitely, you know, back to our earlier episode, I think it was like episode two or three. That that has definitely changed. Not only have parents paid a lot more to participate, but they're also paying a lot more for equipment uh to give the kids like every advantage uh of being able to participate at the highest level. Um, and that's something that definitely didn't happen prior. I mean, I mean, I see little kids, I, I, third and fourth grade football and kids are showing up with like receivers gloves. I'm like, you don't need receivers gloves. when You're third and fourth grade. You, <laughs> We can't even throw you, the ball that far. <laughs> we can barely throw it period, let alone needing, uh, you know, $40 receivers gloves for your, your third grader. So, yeah, that has definitely been a change that I don't know if it's just because it's more prevalent or because they see the professional athletes use stuff. But, yeah, kids showing up with all the gizmos and gadgets, uh, it's definitely not atypical anymore. No, and I don't even know. Like Everybody gets mad. Like, why are they doing this? They shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't use this or that. Nah. At the end of the day, if people want to buy it, right. go buy it. I think I think parents try to give their kid the advantage, and if people in society look, if I'm going to spend a hundred dollars, well, you know what's better? Two hundred dollars. You know, it, don't know if it's right, but I try to buy my kids, you know, top of the line rackets. They've got uh, now. I get pissed when they bang them off the concrete, but they've, you know, they spend a lot of time in their shoes and cleats. They spend more on yeah. that. I don't know. I've I'm probably part of the bigger problem but i but i'm like what the hell yeah My money. you know the other side of that too i i don't think if i think part of the reason we didn't have that when we were younger is a some of it just didn't exist you know what we and we didn't have access right. to it by the time you know one thing that the internet has done is it's really opened up a broad variety of access to whatever it is you want to find and we just didn't have that you know we'd look through the sears robux uh and you know we'd pick out whatever was in there you know, or we'd look at other things. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so, I mean, it's just one of those, I, I can tell, I could see you had the same thing that I had. <clears throat> there was, yep. uh, they were this thick, but there was a certain section that you always really wanted to partake in. <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah. yep. I'm going to go look at the toy section, right. and... but they didn't have all these things. I mean, and now if we did though, we probably would have bought them. That's the reality. Yeah. 100%. 100%. If you can yep. afford them, yep. you got them. You know, and it goes into training. And um, this is another topic we kind of touched on before we went, we, we started was, is there such thing as time off? And so I'm a believer that if you truly want to play, you know, at varsity level or beyond, um, time off doesn't exist. You know, even if you're playing mm-hmm. another sport, you almost need to be touching the ball. Like, you know, Amelia's playing playing hockey right now. I'm sure there's days where she go kick the ball around. It's just constant. You're constantly working on your craft, and that uh, um, brings up, you know, individual training. We have ISA Baseball, which has an indoor facility just south of Green Bay. We've got uh, where Macy trains at Mac Rock Soccer is specific soccer training. It's year-round. Um now, we don't do it year-round because of the amount of time they spend on the field. Right. But Macy's a one-sport athlete right now. She played volleyball, but volleyball also has, you know, three clubs mm-hmm. in her area. They've got indoor facilities for training. Um, so we talk about equipment, but there's also that side of it where it's just you're constantly doing something in your sport to get better. Yeah, yeah, and that's, and that's definitely true. I mean, it's – I think – as competitive as, as 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 it has become, um, it is inevitable that you you're going to have to, and that kind of ties into why kids you see why you see certain kids specialize. Um, you know, and you know the one thing that we didn't talk about with the specialization as well is, I think certain sports lend to specialization, and certain sports really lend to cross. Uh, you know, playing multiple sports. Like for example, it's it's almost expected as a football player that you, you're in track. Well, that's two different seasons, so it aligns. You know, you mentioned before, football doesn't really have a club sport, so that it's it's, it's easy not to play full year-round, and you need to develop your speed. So it's like, okay, well, track makes sense uh, because they're at the opposite ends of each other. It's a good fit. Um, and I think certain sports lend to cross sports, whereas certain sports don't lend to cross sports, where – Gymnastics is one that doesn't lend to cross sports. You kind of have to do it all the time. Um, I think soccer is one, hockey is another, where you, you kind of need to do it a lot if you want to be really good top tier. Um, and as much as I want to be a multi-sport athlete and I want to see kids play all kinds of different sports, I understand, to your point, why kids are specializing in certain sports. Yeah, and at the highest level, you can almost ask and find out the kids that – don't train, take a huge step back in the offseason. Yeah. It takes them a little longer to get up to speed. And so it's that it's that gap that people don't want to have. You know, now we've gone from club to high school. There's a gap now. So high school won't start up until yeah. March for soccer. So if you don't play that winter sport, you better be training. And that comes in all, all cases, right? It comes in the the gym aspect of it, the the running it's not just being constant on the ball, but you don't want to go into tryout. Could be with your first touch from last right. year, November. 
because that's too big of yeah. a gap. And as good as kids are, it's evident when they you can tell they haven't touched a ball yeah. in three months. Yep. That is the truth. But it it it, it and it's funny, the ones that complain about it are usually the ones that take the time off. Yeah. Hey, do you think that there's gonna be a point where it's like it's just I, I mean, I don't know. I was going. I don't want to say burnout because that's not the right word, and I, we've already talked about that. But do you, I, I just, I, I guess, do you think there'd be a point where people stop specializing, where they almost go back to the multi-sport, and it becomes the norm to just play every whatever's in season at the time? No, I think it gets worse. I think there's more places popping up with indoor basketball training with indoor um, football. Baseball is a big one now. There's a lot of indoor training around here. Uh, my neighbor, um, his him and a buddy, his buddy had land. He put up a, man, I want to say, I forget how many thousand square foot building. And they put turf inside it and some pitching mounds and nets. Mm-hmm. He sold... 70 key fobs for $700 a piece. And that key fob got you in there whenever you wanted for one year. He sold out in six hours. Wow. $49,000, right? That paid for the building, paid for everything for one year. He did it for six years, and then he sold the building to, I don't know if he sold it to the Bayport or something for specialized in baseball. So if you look at that, if there were – I don't know. I know four people that didn't get them, the key fobs. Hmm. So it's amazing if the even on the the, the, the the need to want to build something to make money, it's that easy. I mean, you you put it, especially where we live with the weather, but you build a building, you put in indoor turf, you can put in baseball, you can put in sleds for, for football, whatever it is, for $700 a year. To me, right. that's a hell of a deal. Yeah. You know, it's 70 bucks a month. I, I right. pay that yeah, to go no, to Y. Like I told you, I've been a Y member for, for 50 years and great. I use it twice because it's for the kids. I do look I appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate that. I don't feel great. But I, I like tonight, I went, I drove, uh, I got a, I'm in a, I'm in a pickleball gang. You're a pickleball guy. Um, we'll have to talk and, about that. I love pickleball, by the way. Yeah, great sport. I'm getting better. Um, but I have a friend's business that has an area that they put a pickleball court in. I would pay twenty dollars a month to go play pickleball. Like it would, like there's things we do up here that are different, probably than in the south because they can just be outside constantly. But it's constantly looking for indoor space, and people are constantly looking for it. It's something yeah. to do with their kids. It's something at all angles. Yeah, you know, and the and the YMCA's are getting smarter. They're starting to put in tennis and pickleball courts because that's the the new trend. But we're always the bar on Holmgren Way by Lambeau Field. They have a an indoor facility that during the winter they have two pickleball hmm. courts that you can rent, and then in the summer they use it for for bar space. But you know, we're always looking for somewhere to go to do to play. You know, so. I think specialized training will always yeah. be around. Yeah, you're probably right. I just, I, I, I just, I wonder if if, if there would ever become a point where it's just people realize it's too much and then they restrict it back. But I don't, 
I just don't ever see that in a free society because you're always going to get somebody that's going to push harder to do a little bit more, to get a little bit better. You know, that Kobe Bryant mentality of I'm going to outwork you to get, to get better. And God bless them. I mean, I, I, unless you have top kids. Yeah. Unless you have top kids in, in, in an organization that are good enough to take time off and show the lead, but those kids are few and yeah, far between. Yeah. It's interesting. It definitely is. I like where, where the sport goes and how it works. I mean, it, that doesn't even take into account all the sports injuries that can occur from, you know, that overuse or that specialization, which we talked about. Um, and that's a real problem, but it, it, I get it. Like I said, I understand why, why people do it. Well, we have a young girl, young compared to us, but she, she plays at Bayport. She plays soccer. A very good soccer player. I don't know if it's her senior or junior year, but she was, you know, going to be a big asset to our team. Played club volleyball two weeks ago. Came out of club volleyball with a torn meniscus, torn ACL. Done. Done for the year. Because they don't, you know, we're not pro athletes, right? We don't have everything. So you're out a year. But if it's her senior year, she will miss her sport and while playing club. I mean, it's. Bad things happen, and, and it stinks. So it's there's no right or wrong, but just some terrible breaks. Yeah, literally. Yeah, and that's um, you know that's that's unfortunately the real aspect is you know injuries, and um, I mean there's some things you can do to avoid them. You know, having you know certain types of training and certain types of um, you know uh, flexibility helps, but inevitably we play sports and in sports you're going to have injuries and um you know i don't, I don't know if maybe that's a, project, a, a podcast for a different day but you look at the sports statistics on injuries and man there's just tons of them i mean it's it's it, for youth sports specifically there's a lot of injuries if you if you play a sport i don't care if it's basketball or sledding and tobogganing you're going to have some injuries right well Tobogganing is a dangerous, very worth dangerous it, sport. Big hill. Yeah. Well, it's very enjoyable. It's the Disney of the mountain. I mean, you do wait in line and then you get a couple of minutes of freedom. Um, but I don't like, I don't have one friend that didn't play college or, you know, high level sport, like high school, but that doesn't have a problem today, whether it's knees, a back, you know, a head injury, like yeah. we all hurt. Yeah, because you. I mean, yeah, I could be in better shape. But you take a beating, and you know, I, um, you know, for me, my biggest issue is my back, and it's not really because of, um, of sports injury. It's more, I think, some like poor working out form, and you know, but but it, all the same, it still affects me to this day. I mean, it's, you know, I I hurt my back when I was nineteen, and it still gives me grief today. You know, and it'll give me grief probably to the rest of my life. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that everybody has you something. Are, well, if you want to see something cringy, go into a high school weight room and watch oh kids gosh. do squats. They put 400 Dude, pounds on their shoulders and then they bend is. over, and and it's just like, what in the that, hell? You don't have to tell me. I was there. It is I, I, with our guys I don't get to go into the weight room a lot because I'm not always able to be there. So I, I give the coaches that get there more consistently than me a lot of credit. 
But when I go in, I'm like, guys, your form is brutal. I mean, wow. I don't know how kids are just blowing their back and their spines apart. I mean, I just... <laughs> That talks to the resiliency of the human body. Yeah. Because it, it right. is bad. And they're throwing as much weight oh, as they could. Yeah, because they want to I mean, put it on Instagram. And, you know, that they, they want to show themselves lifting it up. And I'm like, your form is brutal. <laughs> you're going to pay for that when you're 40. Yeah. Right? They just keep doing it. Keep doing it. You know, and I don't know if kids did – when you were well, you did you play? I, you I didn't, didn't play high school football. You did. No. You did not. Did you? Uh, lift? My senior year, I started to lift. Um, but I, you know, when I, I, I remember I got to two hundred pounds in bench my senior year, and that was like a, such a big accomplishment. But I didn't start until uh, I think March of my senior year. I mean, so it was like I was right at the end. Yeah. So we had to with football. I think my junior year. And I didn't play football junior, senior, but I was still considering it. So we had – our coach had us in some weightlifting mm-hmm. competitions. And I did Green Bay East. Now, I took nice. fifth in the competition. Right, out of five. But <laughs> I really, really worked hard. I think they were doing so do steroids. Wa- so do I washing swear machines. God. They work hard. <laughs> <laughs> I did get a ribbon. Oh, it's so amazing. Because I didn't tell anybody that I out of five, I usually just tell, like, wow. My good buddy, like, was set every record at Green Bay. He took first, and I was at five. And I'm like, hmm. I bet right. he doesn't have a podcast now, though. Like, I, probably not. Probably doesn't have time. Cool dude. But, you know, we worked out. Nowadays, these kids work out for hours. They're constantly yeah. in the weight room. Um, I don't – I think there's I'll, – I'll push back on that a little bit. I think there are some who do. Um, I think there are some who are really dedicated. There are some who are there for hours. I'll give you that. Well, that's you're, – you're right uh, there. There's a lot a, of chatter. There's a lot of chatter. A lot of chatter. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people are guilty of that when they go to the to, to work out. It's It's very easy, especially if you're not crazy about what you're doing, to get there and be, um, you know, to, to find reasons not to do what you're there for. Uh, but I, I, I do think there are, when you get a certain student or a certain student athlete who really loves it and really wants to get better, some of them do obsess and they're there a lot and they really push themselves. I, that I totally would agree with, but there's also a lot of kids there that are there to watch or to interact in other ways. We got a YMCA downtown Green Bay, and, and parking sucks. And I remember going down there and I'd be like, if I had to park like half a block away, I'd be like, I'm not going. Like, why would I walk half a block to go work out? Like, it didn't make sense. So we, you just hit on one of the things that drove me nuts when I used to go to the Y. I would, I just remember walking out of the Y and like going to my car, and I would see people circling the lot looking for the closest parking spot. I'm like, you are here to work out, and you won't even walk an extra 20 steps to get to the – I mean, come on. Then I know it was you. Now I know it was you. I have a thing in my life, and my wife would attest to this. I search for parking spots. 
Like I will, I start at the front and I work back. Most people start at the back. You know, I, I just, I feel I deserve the best. So if I got to drive around an extra lap, worth it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm the opposite. It has nothing to do with anything. I I don't know why I do it, but I just yeah, feel see, it's I, If I see an open one that's close, I'll do it right away. But I'm I'm also not opposed to being the guy that like literally parks in the back when there's like wide open spaces everywhere. Like when I went to Aldi tonight, I parked almost as far away as possible <laughs> just cause I don't care, <laughs> but I'm an idiot. So I want to, Oh, come uh, on. Now. You're in better shape. Yeah. Lucky. You're born with, born with better jeans. That's all it is. If I had better jeans, I'd be there you go. more fit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyways, yeah, I don't know. It, it, the, the sports injuries one, we could maybe, I don't know, do you want to do that on a different one? I'm thinking we, I think we, I think we jumped it, jumped yeah. into the next episode because yeah. there is a lot more we could talk about. And the statistics on youth injuries are kind of crazy. Uh, I, I would like to find more recent. The most recent ones I found were 2009. Um, and I don't think that's super recent. Uh, so I'm going to see if I can find a little bit better. But even the 2009 ones, kind of crazy. So We'll maybe dive into that in our next uh, episode or an episode down the road. Because hopefully next week we'll have an interview, um, and hopefully the week after that we'll have an interview as well. So more to come. Yeah, we got some great, interesting people, and and we're looking for interviews. I mean, if you got something on a story, not just a story, like we've got plenty of stories, but like you do something interesting in youth sports, you know. Because all my friends have stories. That's the last thing we need is just my friend coming on telling a story how great he was. <laughs> he wasn't that great. We are all were great in our own minds. <laughs> Not all of us. <laughs> uh, nice. All right. So maybe we land this plane. I'm, I'm thinking you got to do you have a name for this episode? The one that I came up with is it's not a bra. It's a bro. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. I think that, that lands. All right. Lands we'll put that in the episode. I'll get this baby edited. We'll see what we can do. Um, I, as, as, a, as an ending note, uh, again, we, I, we saw some people uh, subscribe to the, our YouTube channel and like it, which is awesome. So thank you for doing that. You can find us at judging bouncing balls on YouTube. You can also find us on judging bouncing balls on Instagram, Facebook, and then uh, on Twitter as well, it's, it's, it's JBB underscore podcast. Uh, follow us on there. that We'd really appreciate it. We try to get some stuff out. Um, we probably need to do a better job of sharing some more stuff out on that. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll link up this episode, and you can find past episodes on there as well. Uh, but uh, if you want to email us, it's judgingbouncingballs at gmail.com. Um, and then, uh, yeah, please send questions, anything you're interested in. If you want to be on the show, we would love to have you. But hopefully next week we'll have uh, another interview and, and kind of get some interviews going as well. So holidays kind of gave us a little bit of a lull there, but I think we'll get back into the, the interview string here. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. For sure. No, it's great to be back. It's great to get back on our weekly conversation because there's, there's so yeah, much to it talk is, about. Definitely. So much appreciate it. And we appreciate you listening. Thank you for uh, everything. Thanks for the feedback as well. We, we appreciate that. Yeah, whoever listened overseas in our new yeah. four countries, Germany, Italy, the UK, yes. and France. 
Well, I think we know who, but I'm going to claim there's uh, there's France, Francies out there that are listening to us, which is, which is perfect. Uh, I'm, um, I'm, I'm not even going to try to speak any other languages, though I do speak English, so I'm going for well in the UK. But um, yeah, I yeah, thanks for the listens overseas, man. We need to keep growing this baby international. We're up to five countries now in like 18 states, which is pretty amazing. Growing. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, you have yourself an awesome week. Uh, have a good night, Perfect. and uh, we'll get this thing up. And uh, can't wait till the next one. All right, bud. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, bye. All right, thanks.